Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo. What's going to go on with the San Francisco 49ers into the future? What have we learned about all of these quarterbacks so far that we can take into the future, into 2023 and beyond, and maybe a little 2021 NFL redraft as well mixed in with all of it on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock with Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Ultimate Football GM. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On. All caps Locked On in the game store, Ultimate Football GM. All right, Croc, a a little exercise. And I put out a fun tweet because of how much Brock Purdy has changed the idea of what's going on with the San Francisco 49ers now and into the future. We keep getting questions about, oh, who's going to be the quarterback next year? Do you trade so-and-so? What happens here? What happens there? And since the 49ers have this long week, we have an extra day to kind of talk about some of these things that maybe normally, you know, in some of those post-game recaps and pregame stuff, we don't want to talk about the 2023 49ers too much and I don't even want to get into 2023 all that much today even though that is part of all this and evaluating young players and building a team going forward and Croc both of I both of us kind of look at football from a scouting perspective and and I'm definitely of a team builder mindset more so than an X's and O's mindset when I break down football and so today let's talk about Brock Purdy Trey Lance what we know about these guys what we don't know about these guys which is a big part of all of this and uh, maybe even have a little fun exercise of, of redrafting the 2021 NFL draft based on hindsight and what we know now. So, Croc, let's start here. What have we learned about Brock Purdy so far in his young career with the San Francisco 49ers? And did you maybe raise an eyebrow when, when and I know a lot of people are talking about it and asking me about this, when Kyle Shanahan this week said in the press conference that um, that Brock Purdy was the most prepared or no what was the wording he used i don't have it in front of me gushing it he said brock purdy was the most uh was it the most ready quarterback no the most mature quarterback the most ro- mature rookie quarterback he's ever had or something like that and and a lot of people hear that and of course it goes to oh he's saying trey wasn't mature trey wasn't this or that but clearly i don't think that there's anything wrong with kyle shanahan saying that because we've seen brock purdy do that and Brock Purdy had about right. 10,000 more passing yards in college than Trey Lance so he's played a lot of football so maybe he was more ready for his first moment than uh, Trey Lance would have been but we kind of already knew that coming into it anyway I think if you take your emotions out of it which I think we do on this show we take our emotions out of however we mm-hmm. feel about the 49ers and we look at these situations kind of from a bird's eye view on what it is and what they are right and if you just say one guy started for four years in college. The other guy started for one year in college. You would assume that there is a different level of readiness that this other guy will have. And I think for Kyle Shanahan, really being able to experience a guy with so much uh, just the playing time and what he's going through and all the different scenarios. We saw him slide right at the sticks in the last game and knew to stay in bounds, not go down uh, too soon, but not too late, right? And just, he's probably been through that situation how many times, right? So there's this 
a thing of just doing. And I think it was uh, my guy, John Middlecoff, right? I listen to a lot of John Middlecoff and he talks about how he went to Cal Poly and Cal Poly, their motto is learn by doing. And when you do as much as Brock Purdy has, you learn so much. And you're just, there's just this little uh, or big, uh, just a little bit more readiness. And I think you're seeing that. And I think Kyle Shanahan is seeing that. And he's like, yeah, I can win with this. That's all Kyle needs, right? We talk about 49ers and their quarterback play. And the standard for Jimmy Garoppolo has been set kind of low, right? It's like, hey, Jimmy, just don't mess the game up. Make a couple throws. So if you get another quarterback who we've talked about it, the guys that they're comparing him to in the sense of win losses for Kyle Shanahan is Nick Mullins, CJ Beathard, right? Like that's the, who you're comparing Jimmy G to in the sense of win loss. So it's like that's not a high bar. So if you have another quarterback that comes in and he's able to give you that level right there and maybe even a player two more than what Jimmy gives you, I think like it's like, hey, I can win with this, which we've seen Kyle do, and that's what he's doing right now with Brock Purdy. Absolutely. Would you agree then we can set Jimmy Garoppolo aside just because of where he's at contractually? Can't franchise tag him. He's going to be a free agent. With the emergence of Brock Purdy, that kind of closes the door more on Jimmy Garoppolo. And of course, you should never speak in absolutes with the San Francisco 49ers, as we have learned, or the NFL, because you wait six months and you're going to be surprised about what's going on in the league, right? So, But with the emergence of Brock Purdy, you got young Trey Lance. I think the 49ers aren't going to spend a bunch of money to bring Jimmy Garoppolo back, most likely. I think that's probably one of the biggest things that Brock Purdy's done is proven that he's at least probably a, a backup caliber quarterback, at least, and who knows, maybe more. But enough so that you would bring back Brock Purdy and – probably not feel the need to do anything with Jimmy, let him go and, and find his new team in the offseason. Yeah, I think you and I definitely tap dance around speaking in absolutes. And I think we were probably the most bullish on Jimmy Garoppolo not being a 49ers quarterback in 2022. And once that happened, I'm like, gosh, I, I mean, you just never know. But what? I'm going to go out there and say it with how Brock Purdy has played at the very least, even if whether he's the starter or he's a backup to trade, however it works out, which I think a lot of people are leaning towards him, potentially being the starter. I would assume that the emergence of Brock Purdy makes it to where you don't need Jimmy Garoppolo because of his readiness, his preparedness, right? And even for, let's say he is a backup quarterback, hypothetically speaking. Well, those are the things that you want in a guy that's behind a starting quarterback, the things that he gives you. You know, why do guys like... Chase Daniels lasted a long time in the NFL. Guys like Case Keenum. Uh, some of these guys that hang around because there's a certain level of readiness to where, hey, if I do have to go in, I can play well enough. And I think even Brock Purdy right now, and most people would tell you, he's giving you that and some, right? He's giving you more. It's like, well, how good can he be? Mm -hmm. And you're still trying to figure that out. But at the very least, even if you're like, all right, we're going to the season trade lands to our quarterback, you know you have a legit quarterback backing him up and again potentially a starter we'll see how it plays out so that way we, we can focus a little bit more on trey lance and, and brock purdy then going forward because i think we both feel yes. the same about jimmy garoppolo as we're talking right now in december of 2022 and who knows how that might change going forward because we know that things can absolutely change and the nfl is chaos so uh, that aside let's focus a little bit more on brock purdy and trey lance then would you say Croc, that you would feel pretty good about Brock Purdy, knowing what you know now about Purdy, and maybe he falls on his face the remaining regular season or into the playoffs or whatever. We'll see if Jimmy or Trey even is able to come back at some point in January and they join the team, um, as unlikely as that is still with those guys and their injuries. 
Brock Purdy, let's say Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo weren't an option, didn't exist, and you have Brock Purdy. Would you say, okay, let's go ahead with Which Brock is the current situation. Is the current situation for now, but I'm talking <laughs> going even into the, the future a little bit more. Would you say you've okay. seen enough from Brock Purdy to say, oh, this guy's probably good enough to compete at starting quarterback or just be the starting quarterback for your football team in the next year and you're, you're formulating your offseason plan? Are you saying, oh, we're going to go out and get a quarterback to be above him? Or we're going to go out and get a quarterback to compete with him? Or we're going to go out and get a quarterback to park right behind him? Just Brock Purdy. And Trey Lance doesn't yeah. exist. I think at the very least you feel confident with what you've seen so far that he can go into a season and be a starting quarterback. You know, just off of, one, the team, the head coach, you know, the roster, the weapons. We've heard Kyle Shanahan you know, on record or one of his coaches say, it, you know, the, the scheme makes the quarterback, not the other way around. And if you have a scheme that can enhance some of the things that Brock Purdy brings, which so far he's brought legit, you know, pretty good accuracy, uh, playmaking ability on the move. He has this kind of level of not really being scared of the moment, <laughs> clearly. Uh, if he has butterflies, I can't tell. So I think all those things lead to, to at the very least, give him an opportunity next year to be a starter if you don't have any other quarterbacks. Or even if you do, but yeah. Okay, next. A little bit more on Brock Purdy. Uh, what it means for Trey Lance. What Trey Lance means for Brock Purdy. We keep getting asked about, do you trade one of these guys potentially in the offseason? So more on that. More on Brock Purdy, Trey Lance. What we know about these guys. What we don't know about these players. What we can project and why they are so different. And why it's going to be a fun 2023 because of some of the arguments. But I think we can get some of this out of the way right now before we even get to 2023 next today's episode brought to you by our newest partner ultimate football gm super excited about this mobile game ultimate football gm i'm sure many people listening to this podcast love playing football video games and grew up playing football video games as i did and maybe dreamed of becoming an nfl gm managing your football franchise from top to bottom well your dream can come true with this game and it is definitely for you if that is the case. Manage every strategic aspect of your football team. Play through the season and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for everything, hiring and firing the right coaches and coordinators. What kind of scheme you're going to run with those coaches, uh, trading players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency in the draft. You're getting naming rights, everything, running an organization you are in charge of. And all this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM, completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. I'm already in year two of my franchise on Ultimate GM, trying to uh, lead my San Francisco football team. And uh, it's tough. I had, had a couple of bad years to start, but I'm, I'm climbing up toward 500 as Kyle Shanahan did. It took him a few years as well to get there. Um Locked On 49ers listeners can get a 100% free boost to their franchise too when using promo code Locked On. That's all caps, one word, Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps to make sure you check it out today. Get your uh, free 100% boost of player development points and download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app store. That is ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate GM, start your fantasy Start your, excuse me, start your dynasty today. 
Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Turo. I utilized Turo recently, the world's largest car sharing marketplace, to, to get my butt up to Lake Tahoe and have a little fun in the snow. Get I needed a 4 by 4 My car is not really made for that sort of uh, dumping of snow that, that was happening last week. And luckily, you can go to some place like Turo and get yourself a 4 by 4 if that's what you need. You can go get yourself a spacious SUV or minivan to take the family on a road trip. Maybe you want a classic or luxury car for a special event, a birthday. You want to roll up in style, you can do that as well with Turo. Tons of cars available, just economy. You need to get point A to point B, test drive an electric vehicle, whatever it is. And many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the United States, UK, Canada, and Australia. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. Okay, Croc, we talked a little bit about what we know about Brock Purdy, and it's been really fun to watch. It's been such a great story with him being uh, a seventh-round pick. And now you consider what Trey Lance is, and he, he almost couldn't be more different as a prospect. Much less experience. The very top of the draft. You could only be two draft picks different than what <laughs> Trey Lance and Brock Purdy are. You know, literally the last pick in a draft and the number three overall pick in a draft. It'd be even more amazing if it was in the same draft class. But, uh, you know, back-to-back years, pretty amazing. We'll talk more about the 2021 draft, the top of that, and how that might look in hindsight. But what we've seen from Trey Lance, there's a lot to like there. And we keep getting asked the question, oh, do you trade Trey Lance in the offseason? And the reason you bring in someone like Trey Lance Croc, and tell me if you agree with this statement or not, you don't bring in Trey Lance for what he was going to look like in year one or two necessarily. You bring in Trey Lance for what he might look like in years three through 15. And... That is an important amount of context versus what we've seen already from Brock Purdy. And even if out of the blocks, and hey, Brock Purdy's got that 10-yard split, right? Even if out of the blocks in their NFL careers, Brock Purdy got out to a quicker start than Trey Lance did, that doesn't mean that Trey Lance won't eventually blow by Brock Purdy. So when you talk about Trey Lance, now is just the exact wrong time to give up on a guy this talented because I don't think what we've seen so far, which we haven't gotten a chance to see enough because of some of the injuries now and didn't play hardly at all as a rookie. That's we haven't seen what the the reason they brought him in. We haven't seen that yet, right? And so um, I'm kind of dancing around my my statement here. It turned into a very long statement, but essentially we don't know enough, but we still know all the things. We liked about Trey Lance, which is why you don't give up on him yet. If that makes sense. I, I think if you ask anybody who, again, they take their emotions out of it, you would say at some point you have seen all the things that you drafted him to be. You've seen him do it. Now, have you seen him do it consistently? And I would say no. But what goes into him you know, becoming that more consistent quarterback? we would assume for a guy with as limited playing time, snaps, live reps, it would be just out there playing. And unfortunately, that has been derailed by injuries, uh, having a more QB ready right now quarterback on his roster, aka Jimmy Garoppolo, and now even potentially Brock Purdy. But uh, I was texting some of my buddies the other day, and we were talking about it in this quarterback class, and we're watching Trevor Lawrence, and I know we'll get into it. But I said, man, Trey Lance was drafted to the wrong team. 
And you would think that it was the best situation because of all the weapons around it. But the, the, the expectations for the team and, and what Trey Lance was were so high that it was kind of a lose situation for what he needed. And if he were drafted to a Jacksonville Jaguars or a Chicago Bears, then a lot of the things that he needed to go through, he would have been more afforded that. But, it's, but just from the standpoint of ability and talent, skill, upside, like he has shown you that. He's made all the throws that you would like to see him make. He has made the plays with his legs that you would like to see him make. But also there's been the misses that you don't like. Also, there has been the injuries that, I mean, you would love to do without. But I think ultimately in the sense of just kind of where he is right now, you don't know where he's at. And I think that makes people uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. Not, you know, going all the way through year two and still not knowing exactly what he's going to be at the next level. You would like to see something, whether it's rookie year or even this year, to build off of and say, oh, man, he did this well. Um, and let's talk about, like, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, his rookie year, great scenario, came in. Hey, you just got to do the mere minimum, hand the ball off to Ezekiel Elliott, throw the ball to Des Bryant, throw the ball to Jason Witten, and we're good. The next year, it was this just downhill, he lost Zeke. Uh, you know, Witten was getting older. Des, you know, whatever, was off the team at that point. And it wasn't good. He looked crappy. And there was this process that he had to go through, but you had already seen him play well for an entire year. I think with Trey Lance, not seeing him play well for an entire year and then come back injured, it makes people uneasy. It makes me uneasy and uncomfortable with. You know, what's crazy is we, after two starts, plus another most of a game for Brock Purdy, He's almost thrown as many passes as Trey Lance in his two-year career. And he's already thrown 20 more passes than Trey Lance did as a rookie. So um, we, we haven't had enough opportunity. Like, we feel like we barely know Brock Purdy, right? It's only been a couple games. But he's already got as much experience as Trey Lance does. So that shows you how little we know about Trey Lance. And Trey Lance's experience is much more sporadic. Um, Even going back to college. I mean, and that's a big oh, part of yeah. it as well. Oh, yeah. And then you go back to college and it's just like... I mean, literally like you, you almost can't you can't play more than Brock Purdy practically and you can't play less and still get in the league and be that young as Trey Lance that's what made Trey Lance such a unique prospect and you know he needed the reps which is your point about man okay he needed to go somewhere where um wins didn't matter as much and reps could be achieved starting from you know first snap you know first week of his rookie season it, it would have been really nice to see Trey Lance start as a rookie for the 49ers coming off of a six-win season. Because then, it, it would, you know, at that point, it wouldn't have mattered. Now, it wouldn't matter for Kyle because he had one winning season in four or five years or whatever it was. But just in the sense of if the 49ers went out there and won eight games or seven games, nobody would have really batted an eye. It would have just been like, okay, well, they went out there with a guy who needed experience playing. Where, are they, where is he at now? But you kind of go with the, the veteran, which understandable, Jimmy Garoppolo. You go to a... In, in the NFC Championship game, and then now you got to get rid of him and or supposedly get rid of him and go with Trey Lance, who still needs to play. I mean, that is that's tough for and, him. Right. And I think some of the things that we're seeing from Brock Purdy, right, and just this baseline level of play that's like, hey, I can make a play, I can make a throw, like, like good decision maker, et cetera, it's almost like you're just thirsty for just to see just that. And not even for what, how you could potentially get more, but he's Trey isn't really getting that opportunity for his own reasons. But I'm just saying, just again, take your emotion out of it, just what, for what the situation is. 
that's what's going to make this so dicey going into 2023. So let's say there's a quarterback competition or whatever between Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. And even if Trey Lance is your quarterback going in, it's going to be rough because we've seen quarterbacks like Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence this year. And both of them are starting to play better and better. And both those franchises are starting to think, oh man, we maybe we finally got a guy, but it didn't look like that their rookie seasons. And it didn't even look like that to start this year. If you're the 49ers again next year, are you going to let, like, can you wait until week nine to see that from Trey Lance when you've already seen it from Brock Purdy to start? And so, so that's so here's the thing. So, uh, so interesting, and it's going to be so hard. And that's why it's tough to have the patience for the young quarterback when you're built to win versus a team that's not built to win and doesn't have that option to go, well, maybe we can just sneak in here with some wins and get this other quarterback playing, even though this guy could take us to a different level. Right. So you look at Justin Fields in his first year, right? And this was a guy who played in, it looks like games played 12 games and probably started 11 of those, right? Because I remember he came in against Cincinnati Bengals. In his first start, he had one net passing yard. One (laughs) net passing yard and was sacked nine times. Mm -hmm. One net passing yard, right? And it was kind of like whatever because you didn't really expect anything out of him. And the, the team wasn't that great. You know, he had Mooney. He had guys like Allen Robinson, Montgomery in the backfield, had some running backs, Herbert, whatever. But one that passing yard. And you kind of just let him play through that. Ultimately, after 12 games, 58% completion percentage guy. Uh, but through more interceptions, than he did touchdowns. 10 interceptions, 7 touchdowns. Well, this year, and it hasn't all been great, but you just see this okay, he's, he's getting it. He's, he's starting to get it. You're, you're starting to see how dangerous he could be. Uh, his completion percentage only jumped up 3%, and that doesn't mean that he's just more accurate, but went from 58.9 to 62. Um, his average, uh, pass per, average yards per attempt up. He's thrown 15 touchdowns to 10 interceptions in just as many games, pretty much, right? So you're just seeing this where it's kind of this steady kind of progression of starting to feel a little bit more and more comfortable with what you're seeing. And now going into his year three, it's going to be okay. Just how can he build off of what we've seen? Then you get uh, Trevor Lawrence and he was tagged as the generational prospect. And the 49ers had an opportunity to draft him. I'm pretty sure they would have taken him, but you see the difference. Again, this was another guy who in 2021, who played the whole year, who started a lot in college, a lot of experience, right? And again, team, not great, et cetera, whatever. But 12 touchdowns at 17 interceptions as a rookie, under 60% completion percentage as a passer. And then you look at this year, 66%, right? So he jumps up almost 7% completion percentage, uh, more, again, average yards per attempt up, just like Trevor uh, uh, Justin Fields, and touchdowns, 24 touchdowns and seven picks. And even then, like you said, early on, it didn't quite look like that. Early on, it was like, oh. Like Trevor Lawrence still not looking great, but now he's picking it up. You watch him with the Dallas Cowboys, and it just the moment wasn't too big. And it's like, well, he had experience in college. And then you see what he's done with his experience in the NFL, where there's been ups and downs. And we just talk about being afforded that. I think you I think you need that. I think you need that. Unless you are okay with Brock Purdy, who I would assume that in, none of our listeners would take Brock Purdy over. Trevor Lawrence. And why would you take Trevor Lawrence? Because he's just more talented. Why would would you draft uh, Trey Lance higher? He's more talented. Being more talented does not mean that you will be better. I want to make that very clear. Being more talented doesn't mean that you're going to be the better quarterback. We've seen tons of top draft picks flop. We've seen some guys 
with you know lower draft status have a better career for the most part. But how do you get to that point, right? The other guys, they've had to play. They've had to go through ups and downs. Trey Lance is no different than those guys. He has to, he has to go through it. But in the time he's supposed to, this is a winning team. And you're a little reluctant to go that route. With the hindsight next, looking at the top of the 2021 NFL draft, what would the 49ers now do at three? And uh, some of the lessons from Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence specifically applied to Trey Lance going forward next. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If your year-long fantasy leagues didn't go great for you and you're sitting on the outside looking in of your fantasy playoffs, which started for many fantasy leagues this week, why not go play daily fantasy? And you know what the great thing about daily fantasy is? It's a new season every single day for you and you can play every single day every day of the week you don't have to wait for football on sundays all you do with prize picks it couldn't be easier you pick two to five players if they score more or less than their prize picks projection you can win up to 10 times your money on that entry you're not competing against other people you're not competing you're not putting together an entire team you're just picking those couple of players that you like and you like their projections more or less or like their uh what you project their uh your their output to be more than their projections at prize picks and you could win just you versus those projections and we're talking tons of nfl projections but nba as well this is every day nhl pga golf college football College basketball, men's and women's, WNBA, esports, soccer, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, uh, even disc golf and Euro basketball and cricket, and tons more projections at Price Picks. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Play yourself some fantasy every single day. Just download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with our promo code. Locked on. So if you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. You deposit 50, you get 50 more from Prize Picks to play with. Don't forget to enter promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. I want to look ahead uh, or look back again. You were talking about Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence's statistics, and if you if you wait until halfway through. Uh, basically October. So you take the first five, six weeks out of it, which both those players again started slow in their sophomore seasons. Justin Fields, since week six, uh, seven games started from week seven to week 15 for Justin Fields. He's completing 67% of his passes now. He's got a passer rating of 99, and he's got a 11 to five touchdown to interception ratio. That's just throwing the ball. That's not talking about his... 718 rushing yards and seven touchdowns there. He just went over a thousand rushing yards for the season. They started using him a little bit more as a runner that opened up the offense. He's starting to get a little bit better as a passer. He's making a difference for this awful football team and they're competitive in games. And even though they're still losing a lot, they're losing a lot of games by, by one score, uh, which they did again against the best team in the league, the Philadelphia Eagles, but made that a lot closer than, than a lot of people expected. And a lot of and, and the Eagles probably wanted that game to be. So it's pretty phenomenal to see how good he's starting to become. And he has so much more to, to go, but you draft a player because you want him to hit that immense upside that he has with his arm talent and his leg talent. And he's actually running the ball better than he did in his college career and then trevor lawrence 
uh, from the same time frame or one week earlier, starting in week six. He's played nine games starting in week six through week 15. He's completing 68% of his passes now, has a 101.5 quarterback rating and a 16 to three touchdown to interception ratio for Trevor Lawrence. Like that is the development you want. That's why you draft your quarterbacks high and they have the upside to achieve this level that could really carry your franchise and, um, you know, for a decade to come. So that's why they drafted those players. That's why the 49ers drafted Trey Lance. And we were talking off the air when you were asked from some um, some friends or some listeners and, and people hitting you up on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. They're like, how come Brock Purdy wasn't drafted high because he looks like a player that should have been drafted a lot higher? And it's because of the upside, right? It's because of that attainable level of, of high-level play that Brock Purdy could play really good and probably should have been a lot higher than the last pick in the draft. But there's a reason that all the players he's compared to were not high draft picks either, right? Because you're drafting the traits of what a player could become. And if maybe Brock Purdy is going to be the next Tom Brady, I don't know. But there's a reason Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round as well. Right. And there's the guys that he's, I've talked about Taylor Heineke. Would you watch Taylor Heineke last night? And I thought he made some plays, did some good things, threw the ball down the field, made some plays with his legs. Uh, made some throws, and there were like some there were some good things in that game. He gave Washington a chance in that game when his offensive line wasn't protecting him. But there's kind of this he's in that realm of a quarterback. You've heard people throw out the names and comps, and listen, the comps don't mean anything, but just kind of hey, this is what he reminds me of. He can definitely be more, or he can be worse. But Case Keenum, that's another guy that people are throwing out. And right now, you're seeing Brock Purdy compared to guys that are similar to him. Not really big in stature, uh, not the biggest arm, uh, you know, whatever, lacking something here and there to where it's like, uh, you know, kind of we'll see. And he's in that range as well. That's why he was a late pick. But it doesn't mean that you can't be better. It doesn't mean that he can't be better than a Trey Lance, right? It just means typically guys with his skill set aren't uh, the best quarterbacks in the league. And if you look at who's winning Super Bowls outside of Tom Brady, because that's kind of, he's an outlier. Right. If you look at it outside of and him, you who and you are project guys- somebody to become Tom Brady? Like that's not a thing you should project. It could it could potentially happen. Like Brock Purdy might be the next Tom Brady, but you should never project that. And there's a reason that right. that Kirk Cousins isn't the next Tom Brady, even though he's pretty darn good and he's a starting NFL quarterback. Right. So you just kind of see that. And the question was, well, why is Trey Lance comp to these guys that are like? you know, Josh Allen and stuff like that. And it's like, well, because his skill set is more similar to those guys, not meaning he'll be that, not meaning he'll ever be good, but his skill set, his ability, his high upside is more comparable to the guys that go in the top 10 of the draft. Like, and it's just, that just kind of is what it is from that standpoint, but it doesn't mean that's how your career is going to play out. So I think people have to kind of understand that aspect of it. Even with Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, for him to be good, in the NFL for a long time, he would be an outlier. I was talking about Case Keenum, right? And Case Keenum, Case Keenum had a season taking over uh, with the Minnesota Vikings, where he won. Uh, he went 11 and three as a starter, threw for 3,500 yards in 14 games, which is good. Threw 22 touchdowns and seven picks in again 13 games or 14 games, which is good. Won a playoff game with Drew Brees on the other side. Like, those are all good things. Now, can he sustain that over an entire career? And that's the part that's a little harder 
when you maybe don't have as much talent as other guys to carry your team through the ups and downs. I'd say right now, Brock Purdy is suited to be to have a Kirk Cousins type season when you have Debo, George Kittle, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Juszczyk, Kyle Shanahan. You are suited to have that type, and maybe you can sustain it over a long time as long as you have that. But a lot of times people start losing weapons, losing guys due to injuries, and then do you have the ability to kind of overcome that or have you built yourself up to that? And it's, it's just a little harder. So doesn't mean he can't. Doesn't mean he hasn't been awesome <laughs> to this point. But it's just there, there's a reason why guys like that go a little bit later. Yep. But it doesn't and, mean that that's how their career has to turn out. He can be a Hall of Famer for all we know. And you watch the the Bills in, in Dolphins. And, you know, two has played really well this year. But then in that game, Josh Allen makes a throw to Gabe Davis. And you're like, okay, well, my guy can't do that throw. And, and that's the extra bit of elevation upside that, you, that you're looking for, that you're trying to chase when you're drafting those quarterbacks. And if they hit and they they do all the little things and can facilitate the offense and be efficient, and then they can give you the other stuff and do extra, which we've seen Patrick Mahomes do so many times, saw it against the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Um, that's what you're looking for, and that's, that's the big difference there. And, and that's why a lot of teams chase that. And when you hit it, you're like, heck, yeah, we got this for a decade, and that's going to elevate our entire franchise. And that's what we've the seen. Difference. Some of the plays making like, wow, he belongs in that category. That's why you chase that yeah. and you live with some of the ugly stuff and you hope you can develop through that. The, the difference between the top guys and the Brock Purdy, what Brock, whatever he's going to be, right? Yeah. But the difference between the guys you consider elite and then the guys that you consider, oh man, this is a, a, you know, a legit starter or a high-level backup, whatever, it's really only... A couple of things. One, consistency, and then two, the difference of three or four plays in a game. Mm -hmm. It's not like I can't line up Brock Purdy and say, hey, Brock Purdy, shorts and a t-shirt, can you make this throw? Or, hey, can Brock Purdy make this throw once? You know, it's just in a game when need be, like I was watching Justin Herbert. Well, Justin Herbert playing against the 49ers, it wasn't great. You had Jimmy Garoppolo on the other side. Jimmy Garoppolo won the game, right? Maybe Herbert didn't make enough throws, but there's not one person listening to this podcast, or maybe there is, I don't know. Maybe Emmanuel Acho, if he listens to it, but you wouldn't <laughs> take, more. Right, you wouldn't take uh, Jimmy Garoppolo over Justin Herbert. Why? Because of just the ability of this cup, few throws where it's like, this other guy just can't do that or won't attempt it. And we watched him. It was a 14-14 game. We've watched Brock Purdy be on the team that put up 35 points, right? So, uh, but in a 14-14 game, you see the guy, that, you know, big moment. Game is on the line. He rolls out and just throws a laser that's like six yards off the ground for like 40 yards in the traffic, on the money, hits a guy, boom, first down. And you get in position to win the game. And it's like, well, that's kind of the difference. Now, you would hope you don't have to put your quarterback in that situation. But even Justin Herbert, he's had to overcome a lot. Coaching isn't probably as good as 49ers. Running back, he's losing. Austin Eckler has to depend on him. His receivers, he has Keenan Allen now before a stretch of the season is playing without Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. And he needed to keep this team afloat in a situation that's less than ideal for a starting quarterback. And it's just a few plays a game where it's like, okay, he's keeping his team in these games. And sometimes when you go up against a juggernaut like the 49ers, okay, I can't overcome this. And we saw that for a ton of years with Matthew Stafford in Detroit, where you cannot be able to overcome a bad organization, right? Where it's like, yeah, I have Megatron, 
But outside of that, I don't really have much. And I'm supposed to go out here and win week in and week out. Everybody's, oh, he can't win again. He can't do this. Well, he goes to the Rams in one year and makes enough plays. Uh, you know, fortunately for a dropped interception and 49ers blown the lead. But you win the Super Bowl, you know, and there's kind of this talent thing there. So uh, it's not as big of a difference from a play-to-play basis as I think people think. But it's that one play that can happen that maybe these other guys can. I saw Trey Lance throw a pass against the Bears the layer throw over, you know, three guys and in between the other guy to Ray Ray McLeod, where I'm like, I don't know if Jimmy is attempting that throw, especially that far downfield, right? Like 25 plus yards down the field, throwing that ball where it has to go up and then go down and his ability to do that. And it's like, okay, that's the difference throw or, you know, third and 13 and you run for 14 yards and get a first down like that one play. That's a little different, you know, now, which right again, we go back to the consistency. That's where he's lacking. But the ability and hoping that you build towards consistency, that's there. And we've seen Trey, yeah, do that. We've seen Trey make those throws that the other guy can't, right? And the other guy being Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, but you have to be efficient on top of it. Can Trey get there? I don't know. And we've already seen a lot of that from Brock Purdy, which makes this fascinating going forward. Knowing that you now have Brock Purdy, though, and now that we've seen some other players from the 2021 draft play, and I'll just ask you this question point blank we don't have time here to get too in depth on this one we'll talk a lot more about this kind of stuff in the offseason have some fun but 2021 redraft here's how i'm going to call it trevor lawrence goes number one overall jacksonville jaguars ain't giving that back now and i some people push back when i put this out there on twitter and it's like you haven't been paying attention to what happened with trevor lawrence in the last two months because uh he's really coming on because someone's like oh trevor lawrence wouldn't even go one he's trash uh i'm gonna put micah parsons at number two difference making edge player for robert sala's defense definitely him over uh, over Zach Wilson for the Jets at number two. And they've kind of got their Brock Purdy and Mike White doing some things over there for them. Although, would they take the quarterback at two? I'm not sure. But if it's Lawrence one and it's Micah Parsons two to the Jets, do the 49ers still take Trey Lance? Or with hindsight now, knowing you have Purdy, do you go away from quarterback or do you do a different quarterback and take someone like Justin Fields at number three, Crock? Again, knowing what you have, and this is hindsight. It's a hindsight question here. And you get to have the knowledge of today, but you get to draft number three overall in 2021 over again. Is that the Jamar Chase draft? Yep. Jamar Chase. Patrick Jamar Chase, is, he's a downfield guy. Does that mesh with Jimmy Garoppolo? If you're like, all right, we're just going to stick with Jimmy G. Or well, you get we pretty too. these quarterbacks now. And you get Purdy, too, because you know in hindsight that you get to draft Purdy in the seventh round the next year. So we're talking yeah, hindsight. Mike, you Mike, go with might Jamar go with Chase? Jamar, and I'm not big on taking guys in the top 10, receivers, pass catchers, but might go with Jamar Chase. I might go with him. Got go an Chase. elite player, right? He's elite. You go Chase over Justin Fields or Trey Lance right now? Here's the thing with Justin, Justin Fields. Fields is we've at least now gotten a chance to see it because he got to go through his growing pains, and we haven't gotten to see right. it quite yet, even though there's a lot that we have liked that we've seen from Trey Lance. We haven't gotten to see that some of the results that we've gotten to see from Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. So that's why it, it, and when I asked the question, the the most popular answer was Fields just barely edging out Trey Lance. A lot of people still, you know, for good reasons, still like Trey Lance and, and, um, and he's already your guy and you've already got a lot of number five jerseys out there. Those were the two most popular. And then the next most popular was Chase. Uh, Penny Sewell was in there. Slater was in there. Um, no Mac Jones. And no Mac, zero Mac Jones answers. Zero. Not even, even making jokes about it. People were just like, yeah. People still hate Mac Jones, and they hated him uh, in the draft for the most part. Um, He's throwing more interceptions than touchdowns this year. Yeah, that's that's going way bad. That's another pod, podcast for another day. Not only does he not have the the high end talent to elevate your team, now things around him are bad. Coaching is bad. Just 
not a good situation in year two for for Mac Jones going the opposite direction that Fields and Trevor Lawrence are. Um, Real quick, Fields was the number one answer for the from the listeners. Um, I would probably still take Fields there, but that was my pick at the time, and we've at least got to start to see what that looks like, which is really electric stuff from Justin Fields, even though he's got a lot of work to do. Um, and if he gets there with that, my gosh, look out! You know, he's Josh Allen level stuff. And um, uh, Patrick Sertan and 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 Chase, if you're going non quarterback, would right. be the and J.C. Horn, who's he's actually J.C. Horn too. Yeah, he got hurt. But, that whole uh, secondary, the- E.J. Henderson's starting to play as well for them after after trading for him. The the one pushback on on Justin Fields would be his knock on him coming out of college was he held on to the ball too long, like it's just whether it took him a long time to process or if it was the downfield option routes that guys were waiting on, whatever it was, like that was kind of the knock holds on to the ball too long. If Kyle Shanahan is my head coach, I don't know if you can coach that out of him. Maybe you can, but I think that's something that would drive Kyle crazy, just not being able to drop back, foot in the ground, get the ball out. And because if you wait, like this whole offense is predicated on timing and rhythm. And if you can't process it quick enough with what Kyle wants, which is tough, it's a hard, that's why it's a, it's an easy offense because if you make, can make that throw, you don't have to be Justin Fields. You can be Brock Purdy. You don't got to be Trey Lance. You can be Brock yep. Purdy, right? To, like to make that throw. Uh, but it, it's so predicated on that. Would, would, would Fields holding on to the ball a little too long just, kill like just, I, I hate this I got, we gotta go because we're already over time here but this brings up another can of worms and we'll again talk more about this stuff in the offseason but judging by the way kyle used trey lance i would think justin fields would be fine because but the way kyle's using brock purdy is different and i think kyle wants a brock purdy which is why i think this is going to be a quarterback competition next year i think brock purdy has a pretty good chance to win it because he does those things and Kyle Shanahan wants that type of quarterback, and he and he and wants to like make the quarterback doesn't make want the quarterback to make the system. Yes, because when you think about how Kyle used Trey Lance, and how Justin Fields is being used now in the NFL, what does Kyle want? And he says fits? he wants that, but then he doesn't. Like we just, funny, you know, right? he says he wants that, and that's and and Trey Lance could do the the Brock Purdy. Uh, can run that same Jimmy Garoppolo Brock Purdy offense. Why? Why? Why was he so focused on you know the the zone read stuff with with Trey Lance? Yeah. Did he feel like he needed those training wheels? And it's okay it's if he does. Because Justin Fields we've watched him. We, we've watched him make all those throws. Now, yeah. maybe he doesn't do it as efficiently as Kyle would like. But it's like, well, Kyle, how do you get him to do that? I guess it it is running the read option stuff to get him through into where he until he is that efficient. But I think you nailed something because time to throw. Uh, he, he got the ball out quicker and operated in the pocket a lot more in college. Trey Lance did, but his time to throw as a rookie was, I think it was actually, I think Justin Fields and Trey Lance were the two longest time to throws in the NFL. So I think he hit on something there. It was time to throw. It's like, you're not getting the ball out quick enough, fast enough in timing anticipation. So we're going to do this other thing on offense until you get there. So I think you would have felt which the same way thing? about Justin Fields, which is probably not ideally what he wants. Right. And, and he really liked Kirk Cousins, but then he said, Kirk Cousins isn't my ideal quarterback right i i would want the biggest strongest fastest uh best quarterback from the pocket but he said he would still want drew Brees from the pocket but then lamar jackson for the rest of it you know but i yeah. think he's fighting drew with Brees himself pocket first there's this internal fight within himself on yeah. being 
stubborn enough to hold on to the Kirk Cousins, but knowing in his head, like, if I can just let go a little bit, then I can have a guy that does more. But I just can't let go. Can't let go. We got to get out of here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for making us your first listen. Check out Peacock and Williamson. Check out Locked On NFL Draft. Be back tomorrow, Winky Wednesday. We'll be doing a crossover uh, with the Washington Commanders, getting ready for week 16. Talk to you then right here, Locked On 49ers.